0: It was like that kind of classic experience you can hear described sometimes when people come out to their friends and their friends are like, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Discovering that there's actually a word because I'd always prior to that said that I didn't feel male or female and now there's a word for it and it's non-binary and, I, and that's been amazing. It's so important to create the spaces where people feel safe being themselves and, and light a fire under my ass a little bit to to kind of make those spaces happen or do whatever I can to contribute to that, or that representation. What queer identity has done is it's just opened up life for so many relationships, not needing to have these prescribed societal forms. Things have this ability to be malleable.
1: Deserts are for folks who want to know something deeper. I mean, the desert
0: is gay as hell. This is Lift Up a show that elevates LGBTQ plus voices in the high desert. We're happy you're here. This episode, we have a conversation with John Costanza.
2: Moab is a small town. It's a big world. Oh God, there's so many things I would tell my younger self. Just chill out and enjoy the ride. Don't worry about it. It's, I don't think it's going to work out okay. My full name is John Franklin Costanza. I was born and raised in Moab, 1958. I was the uh, I was before they knew the ultrasounds, and my mom had twins. And she, you knows she was having twins, and the doctors already left the room. The night popped up. There's like three stoplights when I growing growing up in Moab, and uh, we would go in to the ho- different hotels and check out the different lights at the, the, the different state plates. The KCMU radio station went off the air at 10 o'clock, and Sundays it went off the air like at 530 or something that was the cable he got three channels you know two four and five that was it so it was fun we went to La Salle's a lot as a kid growing up tell you ride a lot uh but as far as hiking and stuff my dad had a had a drilling company he was born to work and I mean I guess camping with him was him working on a drill rig and we we lived in a trailer while he was drilling during the boom, Dad had Pioneer Drilling Company where he was the only one that had wet drilling instead of dry drilling, so he he could take core samples uh, faster than anybody else, and they so got a lot of business. So that's why my dad moved here. Dad died down, whenever I, I'm not quite sure would it died after I left town in '76. I've always cooked for a living. My dad was from Texas, so we always had gumbo. So, you know, New Orleans, famous for that. So I just took a job, it was a part-time job cooking, and I decided no more college and just cooked for a living. I was at the university club, no longer there, but it was in the tallest building at the time in Salt Lake City. It had glass windows all the way from the floor to the ceiling. It was a university street, I guess came out in Salt Lake City like a, like a day after my 18th birthday at Liberty Park. It was cruisy, but I don't know if it might still be. I mean, I walked by him I said, have you, have you came out yet? I think I've always knew. I used to stink my mom's Playboy magazines. I had a fake ID, and it said, type of blood said pink. So I was going to the Sun Tavern... Huge tavern. It was like gigantic, it like a dance room, a, a quiet bar, a patio. It was nice. Some guy picked me up. He was married, had a kid, but he, but he was bisexual. His wife knew about it. And then the one, you know, you know one, you know them all. Oh so yeah, he was great. I mean, he, he's the one that introduced me to other people and. I met I met an art I met a a radio host guy that took me to Star Wars, and it was the the line was like blocks long blocks, and we literally went in before anybody else did, and we got our popcorn and drinks and sat down before anybody else came in. So it was it was like wow, it's nice to be gay, have connections. <laughs> When I went to visit Mardi Gras, New Orleans, I I had soft-shell crab, poor boys, and it was so good, and all the cuisine down there was so good, and and Utah food was so bland that I just, I decided I had to move. It was like probably like the first year I lived in Salt Lake City, because like I said, after I I went to Mardi Gras right after, like one year later, I moved down. In Utah, I felt like I, was, like I was shameful or something. And in New Orleans, I felt like I was an angel compared to everybody else. <laughs> My first husband, uh, Charles Gradsby, he was a kind of like an almost famous artist, painter in New Orleans. And he worked in a bathhouse, so he was actually a model. He was living in San Francisco when Harvey got shot and killed. So his his roommates locked him into the house. They said, "Can't can't go out." His name was Charles Philip Crosby, but all his friends called him Chuck. And he passed away from AIDS in '94. Remember in '79, reading a newspaper article it said like four people have been had, it used to call called G.R.I.D., Gay, gay bridge, Gay, something, disease. Before they changed the name to AIDS, there was like four people who had this unknown disease. Yeah, G.R.I.D. was like a lot of people, their family, disowned them. You know, wouldn't have nothing else to do with them. Even Chuck's mom didn't want to be out in public with them. That's rough. There's a lot of bad family blood. His sister said, the only place my kids would see gay people is in the malls. People just didn't know what was going on. You know, people still partied. You know, some people didn't care. Some people, like the New York attitude, they had like points like, I'm gonna be gay and I'm gonna have sex with whoever I wanna have sex with whenever I wanna have sex. That's what I mean by New York. Well, I just, I just, I felt sorry for everybody. You know, it's not much you can do. I tried to cook for some people, cause that was my specialty. It was good. But, you know, I have a little baskets of food for them and stuff. That was good. And actually, the lesbians really stepped up, and and they were like the caregivers for a lot of people. And they, and at the Dry queens also, they were the ones that had the fundraisers and. They were just like the troopers, fighting for your rights, fighting for your care, taking care of people. I think we need to give the lesbians and the drag queens a lot of credit. People don't know how lucky they are to be alive. And it's like there's so many talented people besides stars and rock stars. There were you know, people, scientists and journalists. So many talented gay people that, you know, died in that span of time. I feel like I'm pretty normal. I mean, I'm not that smart, and you know, and there's so many talented people that lost their lives. Chuck had actually had a notebook where he wrote down people's names that passed away. He had listed 40 people that he knew that passed away. Then he stopped because it was just too painful. And that probably was the reason why I wanted to move also was kind of like break my way from New Orleans and all that and start someplace fresh. You always leave a piece of... Do you know what it feels like to leave, to miss New Orleans? Always. Because it's just the culture, just the Bengals, the French, the Spanish, the rich history and the food and the party, the Mardi Gras, the costumes. Then San Diego was like laid-back beach. Then I moved to San Diego for 20 years. San Diego, the Pride Parade is like three hours long. It goes on for miles and miles, and the whole neighborhood's gay. Everywhere you look, there's, you know, people in holding hands, relationships. We are, we are. You'd go to a coffee shop, bookstores. They had gay bookstores. They had parks. You could meet people, and or you go to a church. They had gay-friendly churches and stuff. At my favorite gay bar, played on a pool league. We played against other bars and stuff. So it was the whole circuit of people. That was a lot of fun. Living in the mall was like the last place on my mind to live again. No, never. And then I met Dan Jackson in '95. And then a year later, we moved to San Diego together. And he said, I'll only move to San Diego if you cook me all my favorite New Orleans food. But the food doesn't taste the same. And actually, Chuck and Dan were both raised in New Orleans. And they actually lived just a few blocks away from each other. And they never knew each other because back then, Chuck was white, Dan was black. And there was like a line that you just, you know, you never... You know, our school was here, their school was there. And it's just like, you never, they never mingled. Uh, Dan Jackson, he passed away suddenly. He had uh, something running run in his family. You know, he's like perfectly healthy, as far as we knew. Ten days then, he's like, went downhill really fast. Chuck, well, he, he had AIDS, and we we knew he was going to die. I mean, before he even got really sick, you know, his T-cells started to go down lower and lower you know then he started getting sick and lesions all over his body and stuff and it was kind of like it was expected you know so he, he kind of like tried to make the passing easy for everybody you know it's like he kind of like prepared everybody and then it was kind of like unexpected yeah so two different i, I don't know which one's better You always have to be prepared to leave. You always have to be prepared to, to close one chapter and, and start again. That's one thing I've learned, is you have to always be prepared to, to change. When Dan passed away suddenly in January of 2018, I had no desire to move back to Moab, but I felt like that was my family, That's my home. I'll move back. and then I still hated it a couple of years. I felt like I, was, I wasn't going to get the gay culture like I got in those two big cities where you, you walk down the street and I mean, you live. Everywhere you look, gay people here, gay people there. It's like a normal way of life, you know. Everywhere you look, there's gay people. I think more of probably growing up a lot. You see the little rainbow flags everywhere. USU Extension Center has a big old rainbow flag, and the Mark Center has a rainbow flag, and now they have a rainbow cross rock. When I first left Moab, I felt like I was so happy to be gone. It's like, there ain't nothing here for me. There never will be nothing here for me. But I was mistaken. There is definitely a lot of people to accept you for what you are, and you can have all sorts of friends. But then, Just the red rocks, just just like, oh, wow, this is pretty. And the Sal Mountains, I guess in high school, I thought maybe it was like, not boring, but being too much of isolation maybe. But now it's like I find it peaceful. I think everybody should have more than one home. That's what life's about, you know, experiencing different cultures and different sceneries. and. You know, New Orleans has the swamps and the alligators, you know, and the banana trees and everything grows, grows, grows. And San Diego has a lot of flowers. Moab has the rocks, you know, and has LaSalle's. But not like Birds of Paradise and, you know, everything, you, all, you've, all your life experiences, you, you take them with you. You know, good or bad. I think mom's definitely got me grown I, I do because it's got it's got everything you need to grow that the soil is 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 dry but if you get water it will grow it's got everything you need to survive and be healthy and happy at first I thought I had to have a gay life but I don't because I'm because I'm gay enough <laughs> I make I can make my own gay entertainment. I can go to the library, bring out divine movies or whatever I want to do. I'm, I'm gay enough. I can bring my own in- entertainment to anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, then I met somebody. Uh, he's from Durango. So he moved here to be with me. And so so life is good now, again. Mm-hmm. So now I like Moab even more because he, he loves Moab. We met through Facebook. Uh, we had like one mutual friend, and I just said, anybody wants to go to Arches? It was like during the summertime, it was like one of those few days that wasn't going to be hot. So I just posted it, and he, he said, where do you live at? So we became friends and started dating for about two years. So I was going to Durango every other weekend. He was coming to Moab, so eventually he decided to move to Moab. Well, he's a talented handyman. He's, he works for a cabinet shop, and he knows how to fix everything up in my place, and he takes care of me, and he, and he he's a cook also. He, he had a restaurant, so he knows how to cook, and he likes to do dishes. That's a plus, huh? <laughs> and he even says he likes to vacuum, so hey. <laughs> he likes to drive. I mean, he's just like everything I don't like to do, he likes to do, so that's perfect, yeah. And uh, he's been coming to Moab since 84. So he knows more places than I do. You know, so he, he, can, he can take me. Which is fine. You can go. I right? can stay home. We are, we are. With Keith just recently coming out, like two, three years ago, he, he had never heard of the divine. I know. And I'm able to educate him about H- Harvey Milk. And, you know, I'm, I'm able to educate him about the early gay history that he, he had no idea. That I probably lived through. I think Keith was probably afraid of AIDS, you know, and he he probably knew he was gay the whole time. He was married, and I think he even told his wife that he he you know he was gay. Well, I surprised him. My dear friend Scott Owens, he did my dinosaur bone uh, wedding ring in 2008, and he was going to be at a folk festival. So I, I just said, Hey, we we should go visit him. Then he said, Are you are you proposing? So then I said okay. I dropped on my knees, and I asked him to marry me and he said yes. I wasn't really planned. I I could kind have of planned it better. I think it would be nice if if young gay people didn't feel like they'd have to move away from Moab to experience a gay life. Felt like, oh, this is home. I don't need a a bigger city to experience uh, being gay. Because I know a lot of gay couples here in Moab, and I wish they were more involved in the gay community than they are. They kind of like, oh, I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it again. And I wish people would be more into the, not so much the fight, but to show people that we're here and, we, and, we, uh, and we're happy. People would be like, dang, I didn't know there were so many gay people here. Oh, yeah, I mean, I've always been gay. I always will be gay. Just I am just gay, gay, gay. Music has really saved my soul, too. I think KZMU and the music, and like every two hours, is, is a different DJ. You don't like the music, just wait two hours and there's somebody else new. And that really, you know, expands the world, you know. You're feeling lonely, listen to KZMU.
1: <laughs>
2: I would like Keith and I, so this is like the, the end of mine. My life, I guess you know, to my my final chapter, I guess, just just enjoy it, just to go hiking into Moab nature as much as possible, and just take in the beauty of the world. And my final chapter would be just to, to be a good example, you know, and stay active in the gay community, you know, don't 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 be like a Leave it to young kids, you know. I, I, I've got i got something to show them. I got tales to tell, I guess.
0: You've been listening to Lift Up, a show that elevates community voices in the High Desert. Thank you, John for sharing your thoughts on identity and home. This episode was produced by Matthew A. Jonassant with support from KZMU. Original music in the interview is by Old Man Boy. Lift Up is a storytelling project of KZMU featuring conversations with locals whose identities and experiences have not traditionally been prioritized on the airwaves. Lift Up intends to deepen understanding and empathy within our community and reinforce a sense of safety and belonging for all lift up is made possible with the support of moab pride and moab city thanks for listening